This is the show, Procrastination Pals. We talk about who's what, when's, why's, and how's. Two best friends with solid gold hearts. We record our thoughts, observations, and farts. I'll get around to the backing track later. Procrastination Pals. This is Procrastination Pals. For what you're doing when you should be doing something else. I am the God Emperor of Procrastination, Dan Morganti. I'm just Josh. Just Josh once again, okay. Yeah, I've been thinking so, about coming up with one, but I just keep putting it off. So, Good one. Good good procrastination joke. Thank you. We should be full of them by now. Yeah, we've got to have a couple ready to go. Yeah. Uh, so this week in procrastination, what have you been up to? Um, well, I've had a pretty good week. I actually went camping this week, which was nice. So literally just left town. It was just good to get out of the city, get out of the suburb and get out of the house um, and just sitting around a fire. And it, I don't know how... Like I, I sometimes think of people who camp and think that active campers are weird. Uh, yeah, strange people. But at the same time, like we got there, set up camp, got pissed, sitting around the fire, ate dinner, and just got real drunk on whiskey and went to bed. And then the next day, got up, went for a hike, probably got back at like four in the afternoon, and then did the whole get drunk on whiskey thing again. And it was just like, I feel like people who go camping, they're doing more than that, surely. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, kayaking or just archery or something. But the funny thing was there was a guy next to the camp that we got to who had set up and had obviously been there so long. It was just like this little shanty, but he'd put a mailbox out the front. Not bad. I don't know how, like, illegal, totally. The rangers came past and were like, what's this? I'm like, how long have you guys been checking this out? The guy's got a letterbox. Like, he's having mail delivered here somehow. <laughs> so weird. Anyway, yeah, but that was fun. And uh, other than that, just putting off everything else. Pubs opened back up, so I went down to the pub Ooh, had Thursday a night. Had a pint and a, and a uh, pork snitty and watched the footy. It was so fucking nice. Hmm. And... I was speaking to a guy, I work with a guy who was a park ranger in Tasmania and he was telling me a story about how he was doing his regular patrol and came across some hippies in a VW um, wagon and uh, approached them and said, hey guys, like this is not a designated camping area. Can you move along to the designated camping area? And he said they they were the kind of people that knew the way around rules, knew how to skirt the rules. Sure. And the guy looked up at savvy him. Savvy hippies. Yeah, savvy hippies. Like th- looked at looked at him through his dreads, parted them and said, <laughs> hey, mate, uh, I've just had four glasses of red wine. Are you telling me as a uniformed representative of the park service that you want me to hop in my motor vehicle and drive after I'm been uh so incapacitated yeah preferably preferably into a tree thanks mate. Yeah. no he just went right out well <laughs> see you later have a, have a good one uh, peace and love <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see you. they're not really going to do any harm but also like no, they, they schooled him yeah they knew yeah. what they were doing and uh i'm sure he could have dealt with it if he really wanted to but what's the what's the point of, yeah yeah but um yeah this week in procrastination for me um just I got I got one thing done. I got a project done mm-hmm. and it took me like eight hours. And since then, I've just had like working on this podcast uh, and like work in general. And I just haven't done it. Yeah. And I'm just like wondering to myself if that's like my capacity for a week of work. Just eight hours of 
proper focus and then I can't get anything else done. Like I sat down today, I opened up the audio editing software and then just watch videos on YouTube instead. Right. Was it was was the eight hours in one sitting? Um, it was... Because that's pretty good. It was from like... Yeah, I wasn't doing work the entire eight hours. So, I was just yeah. on my computer. So, I'd work for, I don't know, an hour mm-hmm. just working on something and I'd stop and I'd check emails or do take, something take else. A break, yeah, yeah. Get, make a cup of tea, something like that. And... Yeah, like it was, I would say, a solid eight hours of work. Okay, cool. You know, peppered with, like it would be a regular work day yeah, at sure. any office, yeah. I, I would say. And yeah, I want to keep doing that with like work, with working on this podcast. Some or, sort of consistency. Yeah, working on anything in general. Um, but just sitting down to do it is, I don't know why I've just got like this mental block about it. Like I mm. feel almost physically ill from considering yeah. the kind of work that I have to do. I think it's one of the hardest things is working from home at the yeah. moment. It's such a it's it's not really the environment to be working. Like people that can do it, great. If you're if you've got the motivation to sit down and be like, right, pumping it out every day. You know what I mean? Like for me, I I'd be a bit the same as like, right, if I did an eight hour day once a week of working on stuff for myself, I'd be pretty buggered after that like in the next day like oh, I, I did a lot yesterday you know yeah. what i mean and it's just stunting whereas if you if you're in a library or you know your university or you're surrounded by other people that are working on things it's far more conducive to getting yeah. shit done it's like it reminds me of like i guess it's like you can consider it an old school meme but where it used to be i always give 100 percent at work i give 30 percent on monday and then <laughs> and then do the maths for the rest of yeah, the day yeah, but yeah. i remember friday being like five percent i'm like oh that sounds about that's right pretty good but yeah uh that's uh, I remember that from when I uh, at, in offices and stuff like one when of those I was a like kid. sarcastic motivational posters. Yeah, it's like maybe take that one down. Yeah, put up, put up the cat <laughs> on the tree. Yeah, hang in there. Hang in there, buddy. Yeah. All right. So this is procrastination powers, and we're focusing on collectibles this week because everyone can procrastinate with their collectibles because essentially they it's pointless hobby. Yeah, they add nothing. It's just. Nice to have a set of stuff. I have these things. My grandparents used to collect spoons, and I remember one was the spoons is a big one. The Irish people of that age. The Irish diet spoon. It was a spoon with a hole in the middle. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, love it. Or and and those little ones, like a, the ones I think about, are the little teaspoons with like the ornate, um, like badges on the top. Yeah, so like if they're in oh, the teacup and them hung up. You know what I mean? I remember seeing those in old people's homes. I don't know how many old people's homes I've been in, but. Well, these people, strikes me my grandparents like, were old and they had a lot of spoons. Go. Yeah, and they had those holders as well. It's confirmed. Was like, it was like a, a dartboard. Uh, yeah. You know how they fold out with that yes. the wooden cover? Except, yeah, it was purpose-built to hold... Sort of darts with spoons. Numerous spoons. Um, it's yeah, one. that's one of the things people collect. But is there anything in particular that you collect? No, not really. I've uh, Well, not really. Look, I, I think that... The, You've got a few typewriters around here, don't you? Yeah, I've got, well, sure. Do any of them work? Uh, yeah, they all work. They're all just too dusty. But the point is that I didn't really set out to collect typewriters. I just had a few handed down from my granddad. And then because I had a couple, and I think they, they look great. Um, so I picked up one or two somewhere else. Um, but they're not, it's certainly not like I'm collecting them. I just have a few of them. I think the closest thing to collecting would be um, records. I've got like a pretty good, because you do call it a record collection, I suppose. And they are something that, you know, are pretty... Uh, pointless as well. It's just like having a, t- a tangible, it. yeah, and it's a tangible um, sort of expression of my musical taste. And I do think if there's an album or 
something that I love. Um, I want to get a hard copy of it to to support directly to the people that are making shit that I want to listen to. And also, it is nice to just have that thing to hold in your hands. I think other than that, I've probably got just like um, sentimental items. I have like a little box of like just sentimental shit from is my that life. Co- is that like... I guess you're collecting I like think, I would think so. icons for your life. That could, but it, it's sort of the only thing I could think that I really collect in a hot keep in a space that is for just those things. Yeah, you know, because like, does, do collectibles need to have a common thread? So like, if you're you're saying you're collecting this stuff, mm. like that's stuff that's directly related to you. So no one else is going to want to collect like things that are like other than your mum mm. with a collection of. Photos um, and ribbons, baby bonnets and ribbons from placing in little athletics and stuff, but all blues. Yeah, I guess there's uh, like collecting sure. needs to like. I think there needs to be some consistent theme for something to be considered a collection because like, got a salmon and got a pine chair here. That's my collection of things. Things like, that yeah. can be found in cabins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Moose head on a. All right, fine. Well, shut me down. That's fine. But yeah, no, other than that, I've never really been one for collecting things. And I, I think that comes from moving around a lot as a kid. Like we were renters and we moved house all the time. Yeah. So it was kind of like, you know, you get a new room every two years. You, you lose a lot of shit you don't need. And I, I do consider a lot of collectible items just shit you don't need. Mm. You're yeah. a collector, though. I am a collector. I. I have to stifle my collective tendencies though because like you said, like it is shit you don't need. And I f- yeah, it just weighs you down holding on to a collection of antique mugs if you don't need them and they're just gathering dust and you've mm-hmm. got to have um, st- uh, places to store them. Um, and yeah, now that, we're, now that I'm, I've got a partner and we're living together space, and we're in a smaller apartment, like space is at a premium, so I just can't, yeah, hold on to it, but that's the hardest thing I think for a lot of collectible stuff is that you, it's just space, like what, how to fill it and how you house it, or and if, often, if you had like a stupid big collection, would money. you have to get storage? Like, and it's often money, like they oh, call, fuck yeah. collectibles, like things that are officially licensed collectible things, uh, cost money, like uh, um, pop vinyls, which I think we'll talk about in some greater detail in a minute. But yeah. those, like Not those, are something that I've looked at and gone. I want all of these, and really, I, and I will have none of them. Like, oh, uh, right, right, right. Yeah, because I'm like, I, I look at them and go, "These are so fucking stupid, so stupid." And the the let's just talk about them now. Yeah, okay, let's get into them. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. That's but all right. like, there's no common thread to them other than the shape. And then it's like, right, there's Star Wars ones, and then Breaking Bad, and then um, musicians, and then different kind of actors. Like, it's just you're just picking. Is it's it like, just pop culture item? Yeah, it's just icons. Uh, okay, well, it's small okay. like pocket versions of a franchise or a media thing that you love. Like, yeah, and not pocket sized. Well, you can't fit one of those things in your fucking pocket. But this is again talking about space. Like, how many of them could I have, and where the fuck would I want to put them, and not be just painfully embarrassed? I I have one exactly one, and That's it's a- and I will only allow myself to buy one because I'm okay with one. If, if I buy more than that, I will not. Not stop buying them, and that's a. Uh, uh, I will. I will in- promise you. I will intervene before that point. <laughs> a Fallout Power Armor, 
T51, I think it is, um, because Fallout is my favorite video game. And don't care. <laughs> well, I like it. No, yeah. No, no. And look, again, I'll allow one. And, yeah. And, you know, but as soon as it, like, as a grown man with too many plastic toys, mm. and there is a line, like, like I'm fine with people um, who have. You know, you, you, you're, you've been one to collect from gaming and also, things yeah. like that, which so is relevant to the things you love. More about what I collect is like I collect video games and video game consoles. So I also play the ever, 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 ever loving, loving shit. That's what I'm trying to say. Ever loving shit out of every video game console I've ever owned. Uh, my, uh, my PC as well. Mm -hmm. And once I'm done with them, I don't just get rid of them. I, I hold on to them. So I've got something like... 86 games or something on PlayStation 2 and Shit. like that's my biggest video game collection but I've also got uh, a Super Nintendo, a Nintendo 64, an Xbox 360, a PlayStation 4 now, a, a Switch now as well, Nintendo mm -hmm. Switch. So I've got all game those Boys? consoles. Uh, no, we used to have Game Boy Colors, me and my brother yep. and we used to have Pokemon on them and like I only had maybe two or three other games that I didn't sure. like very much um, and they just kind of got lost um, just again in that, moving that and my original PlayStation they're like the two kind of consoles that I've lost I've got a uh, two Nintendo DS's though a regular size or first edition and then a extra large and a PS Vita as well so okay. like and I'm keeping my eye out for a Nintendo Wii U PSV PS Vita oh no sorry actually I do have a PSP as well PSP yeah, yeah. so I collect a lot of video game stuff and video game uh consoles and games cool when you like if you have kids in the future they'd love to go back i mean they will not be, be allowed to touch yeah, it yeah there, there we go there's <laughs> the dad inside of you they'll be sneaking games on the psb what have no, i told you i haven't no, touched this in years i have thought that if i had kids i would definitely like let them play them i'd set it up yeah. for them. this is what i used to play when i was your age and they'll probably sit, be sitting there on their virtual reality games going dad fuck off with this yeah. we don't want to touch that psp yeah and I'll be like, I think PSP is cool. cool. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Looking like at I, it like it's Pong, you know? Mm, like, and I still play a game of Pong. If I see a game of Pong, I'm playing a game of Pong. But I'm definitely not as enthralled by it. I couldn't play it for, what, 10 hours like they used to do in the arcades back when it first Jeez. came out, just pumping quarters into it. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Gaming. That's, that's, yeah. that's what I'm collecting. And I'm, I'm on the lookout for a Wii U at the moment. So... Mm -hmm. It's the Wii U was in a weird position for Nintendo where it was branded oddly, like it's almost like an extra addition to the Nintendo Wii, which went gangbusters, one of the highest selling consoles of all time. Yep. But the Wii U, given that name and similarity in color scheme and design, a lot of people thought it was just a, a slight HD upgrade, sure. which it wasn't. It's its own standalone console, um, like was the first HD console from Nintendo. Mm -hmm. But they didn't sell very well. There's only, I think it was only like 20 million units, which sold well enough. Sure. But I believe in the future that they'll be worth a lot more money because people will be like, well, I never played that. I want to give it a go. Collectors like me will have them. So I'm going to, I'm look, keeping my eye out for one at the moment. Now's the period where they're going to be less expensive. Yep. So I'm looking out for one for about a hundred bucks. I'll keep an eye out as well. You've also had, I remember as a teen going through your Tarzo collection. Uh, yeah, my mum was a big one for that. Mum was yeah. on the forefront of Tarzo collection. I remember her buying packets of chips to get Tarzos. Yeah. I mean, we ate the chips as well. I remember well, in primary school sometimes I'd get the chips from the duck shop, take the Tarzo out, toss the chips. Yeah, that was with uh, Dragon Ball Z. That discs, was a different right? one. Yeah. yeah. 
which was weird because that was like something that they put in for kids, like, mm-hmm. and it went way more serious than that. Like, kids were buying packets of chips just for the Dragon Ball Z disc and throwing away the chips. And like, man, we could have just been selling these. <laughs> yeah, t- these free- little freebies we've been tossing yeah. in there and for more than a pack of chips. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's like an interesting collectibles thing. What's What do you think is the weirdest thing people collect? Oh, God. I mean, look, again, I think that most of it is all pretty odd. Um, I think, look, even even the, the concept of collecting stamps, which is probably like the, the classicalist idea of what you collect, coins and stamps, things since... Old school now. Pre-war time, you know what I mean? Like people have been collecting those forever. Um, even to start out with that, like now they're valuable because um, they're historic pieces, basically. But just collecting those things is just strange anyway. But then getting past like just the I, the general bizarre nature of collecting that I kind of have the sense of it with is think people collect the weirdest shit, dude. Like um, belly button lint. There's a guy who, who collects ju- a I giant was say ball. That. Was it? Yeah. Like it's a giant ball of belly button lint. Yeah. I, I remember seeing that in the Guinness World Records. Something like, like Number that. 2000, yeah. uh, year 2000. And yeah, and it was like, I remember like the colors change because it mm. must be from like fibers from Purple t-shirts. and dark. Yeah. yeah. I feel like my lint's always dark, but maybe that's just because I wear dark. Mine color. always seems like it's the same color, just gray. Yeah. Like, And I... I have a deep belly button as well. Hello. Yeah, very deep belly button. Very round. A very aesthetically pleasing belly button, I would say. Just deep. Deep, very deep. <laughs> and yeah, I like I pull out a fair bit of lint, but it always just seems grey to me. But I would never think to collect it. Hell no, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's to, filthy. To begin with, that's fucking disgusting. Although I have had the thought before when I've squeezed a pimple and like you get like a big one. That's worse. No, no I don't think about collecting it, but I'm like, I wonder how much I've squeezed out in my lifetime. Like if I could see it in just a jar, how much would it be? You've been? been a bit of a squeezer. Oh, I squeeze pimple. It'd be a bathtub. Yeah, <laughs> bathtub. I reckon, a, in your lifetime. Worth a pimple pus. Like the ex- yeah, through excretion, for sure. Ugh, that is disgusting. Oh, I thought it would just be a jar because it's not like that much comes out. Yeah, I don't a know. A bathtub. Sometimes, That's... sometimes they're weeping. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. You know, like how many pimples do you think I've like, had? I don't know. Plenty. Yeah. <laughs> Enough to fill the bathtub, accurate, obviously. Accurate. Yeah. Um, but I mean, even the ones here that I have up. Uh, super fan of Coke. Largest can collection. Someone has the largest ballpoint pen collection. Ah, uh, yep. Which is just re- so stupid. Beer cans. I've seen that one before. I've seen uh, Carlton, a collection of Carlton draft cans through the ages. In a in like a man cave every now and then. Yeah. has got a bunch of old cans or bottles or whatever. Um, look, I mean, sneakers is a really big one. Uh, I don't think yeah. that's so strange, but it again, looking at something that is purely functional for me, um, I it's just like once I, I don't think I've ever had more than four pairs of shoes at one time. And one would be a dress pair and one would be you walking around One would be a dress pair, one would be like runners, one would be my boots and then possibly even just like a pair of footy boots. You know what I mean? Like that's about the extent of it. And it's like, right, I've got the shoe thing is sorted. But people who have rooms and like are spending twenty, fifty thousand $50,000 on a pair of sneakers just to add them to their collection. Like they're extremely valuable, um, but... These people aren't going to sell them either. It's just so expensive. So I couldn't see myself doing it. And they're always big hip-hop NBA fans, but 
I think there's a guy from the Philippines which has got one of the biggest ones. Um, yeah, I, again, if, if it's something that's functional and you've just got far too many of them, I think it's just a bit strange. My antique toothbrush collection. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, and also, like, it's weird the the money side of it as well. Like we were saying about Dragon Ball Z disc, how they could have just sold it for free. Then there was this secondary market where people selling Dragon Ball Z discs for more than the packets of chips. Yeah. So people are making money off these things. But some collectible things go up in value. Like if you have a full set of uh, Pokemon cards, the the whole 151 with the holographics and that's worth thousands of dollars now. And to think that I'd see, like if if you're collecting for the monetary value, I feel like you're... You're in it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, you're in for the... Think. Like, yeah, it's like, why are you collecting? Because I love these things. And, uh, and I think that would be the difference between collectors and investors. Mm, yeah. And that's why in the 90s, the bottom fell out of comic book speculation market. Because, you know, so the most valuable comic, I think, is like Action Comics number one, right? That's like sure. Superman, whatever. It's got like one cent on the cover, but it's now worth $100,000 or something ridiculous. I don't know the actual numbers. But it's more than one cent. Yeah. Around the 90s, these comic books were getting sold because they, and they were making huge amounts of money because they were rare. Like people wanted the first comic book with Superman. So he's a global brand now. And like people love the stories about Superman. They want the first story that he's ever been in, which is understandable. So people collect comic books. But these were rare like they maybe printed i don't know a thousand at the time and now there's only five left and they're all really rare but in the 90s they were like well all these comic books are getting sold for vast sums of money so people must really want them so let's print one for everyone and when you know something's freely market yeah they flood the market and so people were buying these limited edition comic books that weren't really that limited like there was hundreds of thousands of them and the ass fell out of comic book speculation because people were trying to collect them for reselling but everyone else was thinking the same thing and everyone else had the same collection well i suppose it would sort of break it down into if you were to try and figure out the equation of what the value of something collectible is like i think rarity is obviously number number one rarity uh public interest and condition like i think those are you probably your holy trinity of something that's collectible being valuable at the same time. Um, obviously, yeah, if it's harder to get, it's highly sought out for and you can be one of the 1,000 people that can say, I've got, you know, one of these comics. But then again, it's like, okay, but is it mint condition? I'm one of the five people that have the mint condition one. And something like Superman or, you know, comic books in general, the public interest is huge. So it's like, you know, if, if you were, again, I've got the biggest ball of belly button lint only a one of a kind in the world the largest very rare zero fucking public interest it's it's worth nothing what's the resale value zero. zero i mean there might be some fetish club out there somewhere that'd be like yeah we'll just stick a giant ball of belly button lint in the corner people are gonna lay in it just yeah just one guy who's like i really want to not get my arms around a ball of belly button fluff. yeah that's oh. what i'm into so yeah, and again, so those kind of things I think add up for it all being um, the value or the equation of the value of a collectible item. 
Um, and I do think that's when uh, stuff like, as we brought it before, Pokemon, um, obviously has a high value, um, is worldwide, was a phenomenon in the 90s, early 90s. Like, I think it's maybe yeah, I think around the, that time. The first game came out 91 or 93. The, and now it was the cartoon? Uh, 96, I think. Then the card game. Yeah. Then uh, yeah, video, every, every fucking thing else yeah, after that. the movies. Cool. Um, I don't mind uh, card games or card collections that are, um, again, have a function and have an entertainment function. So whether and we won't go too deep into it, but say something like Pokemon or um, Magic the what's the name of it? Magic the Magic the Gathering. Thank you, Magic the Gathering. Things like that, where people collect them for a purpose to play, and it's it's interactive, and you can sort of. And they don't it. call that cardboard crack for nothing because yeah. there's a whole uh, resale market for Magic the Gathering. That's another one with a huge economy behind it. Where mm. uh, I think it's uh, Black Rose. Oh, it's like a black orchid or something like that. It's like the rarest card in the game. Like there aren't many left in original packets. Yeah. And there's even markets for where like people bring scales in and they're so precise because other cards will have a f- fine film. Finer paper. Oh, okay. Fine film of uh, like the holographic stuff on it, which weighs more than a packet with a card that doesn't have that in it. So people like Jesus. weigh packets of cards. Like Cheats. Ha- Cheating. Ha- how crazy is that? Yeah. Nerds, man. That is, that's some collecting. Well, that's, that's almost like investing, right? Like oh, yeah. And, and again, I don't mind it because, because it is inter- interaction and fun and entertainment. You know what I mean? Whereas like some, like say basketball cards are again, just investments. And I, I actually bought my first ever pack of cards Ever actually no? I remember about back twenty as a kid. years. You twenty years too late. Yeah, for anything. Yeah, I think it was a two two thousands, ninety nine two thousand, um, one, which is a really shit year for basketball. When I, as I look at the names that are sort of in it, no LeBron. Uh no, two thousand, twenty twenty, probably not. When did he start? I think he's thirty six. He started when he was eighteen, nineteen. So no, he won't be in there. But you're getting like the back end of Karl Malone, Patrick Ewing, like a bunch of legends through the 90s, which was the hotspot. But regardless, um, the I'd never really bought them, but I did see oh, a yes. little spike in my um, adrenaline when I opened it. It was like, oh, like it was. A, I could see the fun of like unboxing and unwrapping and sort of not knowing what you're going to get inside of it. And you ticked off this checklist card. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I thought, are you oh, going to? Are you going to? No. Buy more? more? No. no. I figured I might as well know which ones I have though. But you don't even have Dean Garrett yet. I know. Or I Isaiah have... Ryder. Who are the ones I have? Uh, Tony Batty. Don't know. Don't know. Anthony Mason. Don't, don't know. know. David Weasley. Sounds like uh, the basketball playing Harry Potter brother. Yep. <laughs> uh, Ant- Antoine Walker. Nope. PJ Brown. Why does he get initials? Don't know. Probably a big name or something. Mm. D Brown. Where's, where's my K guy? I think his name's my favorite. Bobby Jackson? No. Flip it over. Maybe Stephen Marbury? Someone with a K? Carl Malone? No. Mm, Doesn't matter. There's a guy like Kenny Kinkley or something like that. (laughs) I was like, he's my guy. No idea if he's any good, but he's my dude. Um, I remember as a kid, like my dad would buy footy cards, like packs of footy cards for my two brothers, Taylor and James, but I would get Harry Potter 
cards. <laughs> you nerd. Yeah. I used to love that, man. I used to, and I, I probably did collect some Harry Potter stuff when I was a kid, but. Yeah. Well, like, uh, that's the thing with uh, huge franchises like that, where they're like, we can make a lot more money off this kind of stuff. And so t- we're targeted gonna... at kids. Yeah. Like, the, you remember, like, Moose? The company mm-hmm. Moose, it creates plastic shit for kids. Like yeah. it's collectible plastic shit for kids and it's all targeted at like, I don't know if Cheese TV is around anymore. Well, I, yeah. I know Cheese TV isn't around anymore, but whatever shows are on at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. in the morning on Channel 10 for kids. Toy ads. Yeah. Like, have you ever watched TV at like 10 in the morning, like free-to-air TV? It is no. f- filled with like kids commercials and stuff like that. And they are bizarre. Like, I remember the big one was Crazy Bones for me. Mm-hmm. I actually got in trouble from my parents for stealing some from someone when I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know, 11 or something. But I wanted them. I wanted them, yeah. And I stole a lot of them. He had like all of them and I stole like half of them. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? Uh, his name was Matthew Jackson. Was he little? Younger uh, he, was, he was a little bit younger than me, yeah. Mm-hmm. And But it was like family friends. So it wasn't Push like... <laughs> no, Push no, him I, down and take his knuckles? No, I didn't. Did? I didn't like. I didn't steal it out of his hands. I went into his bedroom. Oh, all right. <laughs> Stun- lined Sneaky. my pockets. Lined my pockets with these golden jewels and snuck on in. Went home as well. How and, guilty did you feel in that car ride home with your pockets just stocked to the brim with these things? Well, I'll, <laughs> yeah. On the ride home, I remember thinking, "Ah, oh, th- this is hubris. I've stolen too I many. Fucked up. I fucked up." Yeah, and uh, it was like the it was mum and dad's family friends as well. So it was mm. like. Um, we only ever saw them like once every six months and it was it was weird but you ruined it. that's what those crazy bones and moose Dude, commercials yeah. were like teaching kids to you want this plastic get crap get cracked out as yeah. you're saying it's like, and, and, it's, and it's obviously um, like manipulative mm-hmm. to children it's like they're saying you'll, you'll be cooler you'll feel cooler if you have this plastic stuff which is horrible and, and so wasteful yeah because yeah it doesn't help plastic anyone plastic trash yeah plastic trash and it makes me think like like kids are susceptible to this kind of manipulation where like you need to collect. Do you think there's like adults or stuff aimed at men and women that's uh, like designed to be collected and it's just way more expensive? Like what I think of now is cars, although sure. the financial cost is too great for a lot of people. But if yep. money was no object for a lot of people, I think they'd collect cars. Mm-hmm. and like watches as well, which is also prohibitively expensive. Sure. But I know people who collect watches, which I think is a weird thing to spend your money on. Yeah, um, my phone tells the time, so. But I probably think that those people who are collectors as, as adults have had that trained into them from being a child. Like, like you, you start off- Or with, they were denied it. With, yeah, yeah, for sure. And then it just evolves into something that you carry on into your adulthood. But I, I, like, again, I don't have- Oh, God, I don't know actually, but- I mean, my partner, Ruby, she collects the most random shit. She has a collection of um, these things. They're called tire weights. So they're put onto the rims of your car to keep the balance, basically. And every now and then they flick off. How heavy are they? Some of them can be quite heavy, like anywhere, like grams. And they're only, say, an inch long. Well, they can vary from being like worn down so much that they're a centimeter long or brand new ears will be long, uh, like a couple of inches. Truck ones will be quite large. I have never heard of this. Nor had I. But Ruby has quite a few of them. Probably has like 27 of, the, of these things. And you just find them. Like you find them on the road <laughs> as you're walking. <laughs> Literally collecting garbage. Totally. But then I, and in my mind, I was like, this is 
strange. But also she's got like a couple of like Blistex lip balm tubs that she's finished. If she ever manages to actually finish it without losing the tub, she's like, keep that one, add it to the rest. Doesn't have many, maybe six, but just she's a bit of a hoarder, if, okay. I, if I'm com- oh, completely okay. honest. Um, so that's an interesting line to draw as well. Collector sure. and hoarder. Because yeah. like a hoarder thinks that everything's collectible, yeah. even that Mars Bar wrapper from the Mars Bar you just finished. Yeah. But yeah, like the one is I think like, she has Eclipse Mint tins. Yeah, okay. That's that's bordering on that's hoarding. hoarding. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I've told her. I tried to walk her through clearing out some of her shit and she was like clear, cleaning her rooms. Like, oh, I don't have enough room. I was like, right. You ready for this? You think you're ready to do this? And gave it a little bit of the, I'm going to, this box of things here, I'm going to ask you if you want it or the last time you've used it or if you don't think it's just taking up space and you got to answer like that. And if you answer no, or it doesn't, we did the, um, does it spark joy? (laughs) What's her name? Marie Kondo. Um, Trying to do that and it was painful. It was a painful experience for her. Yeah, right. I found it very this, cathartic. <laughs> <laughs> this box of receipts from uh, petrol stations. Need them? I need them. Yeah. Uh, they still might be valid. I could claim those, but and they're just random stuff. And clothes. I, f- I feel like clothes collection is a big one for a lot of people too. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, <laughs> the tie weights one I kind of got involved in because I was like, I don't, I've never seen these things, but then every now and then I'd spot one. I'd be like, oh, found it. Yeah. I got it. I got to get it. I got to take it. That's almost like uh, archaeology as well as collecting. Yeah, for sure. Archaeology, just collecting really old shit. And doing it very passively. Yeah. I'm not, like sometimes I would be walking from A to B and just being like, oh, fuck, I'm just going to look on the ground see if I can find a tire weight. Um, But more often than not, it'll just be walking along, see one, and it just catches you by surprise when you're not thinking about it. It's a bit of fun. And they, and they, they do have a nice weight to them. There's a satisfaction about the feel, I think. Um, again, completely, utterly pointless. Uh, but well, they do have a use, but they're not going to be used. Not for, for that. me. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be used for that anymore. So yeah, I feel like we've we've made a breakthrough in collectibles. I'm. I don't think we've made a breakthrough. I feel like we've spoken about it though. <laughs> well, what's the mighty breakthrough here? People collect things. <laughs> All right, I was just filling up. <laughs> I was just filling up airtime. What do you want from me? <laughs> good fellow. Good fellow. But uh, yeah, I think that's we've come to the end of the episode anyway. Um, so I've been Dan. I've been Josh. And this is Procrastination Powers. Bye.